This is good. It's good to be together. I'm so excited. You know, how many of you know life doesn't stop during the holidays? We've had a busy couple of weeks uh, loving on people, ministering to people. I just want to remind us here tonight, so many of us were celebrating the joy of the season. Others are dealing with a really rough time right now. Um, it, it's a painful season. And the word that we have for you tonight, just as we're focusing here on Christmas Eve and on all that tomorrow, all of our celebration means, I just want to encourage us to get out of the church um, church tradition, religious service mode, because how many of you believe God wants to touch you tonight? Um, the, the Lord is here, and we're not celebrating a baby in a manger. That's a long time ago. We're celebrating a risen, victorious, powerful king, and, uh, and he cares about you. Amen. He cares about you. And the power to transform you is what Christmas is all about. And how many of you know we could all use a little more transformation? Just turn to your neighbor, smile at him, just give him a thumbs up, all right? It's a nice little way to say, hey, God's still working on you. God's still working on me. That's going to happen throughout the rest of our lives. So how many of you are open for the Lord to speak to you tonight? Open for the Lord to do some healing in your family tonight. How many of you could make the way in your hearts right now just for some supernatural grace and hope to fill your heart tonight? Some of you are believing God for serious things. Some of you just need some healing. And here's what we're going to do. I love the fact we've got some running room between uh, the 4 o'clock and the 6 o'clock because here's what we want to do. We want to pray for people tonight. We want to connect with you tonight. We want to agree with you for supernatural breakthrough in your life if you need it and for healing. Some of you, God, wants to touch you tonight because you're going through a really, really rough season, uh, and we believe that he's big enough. How many know the one who conquered death is big enough, even here tonight, to touch you and to encourage your heart? That's why we're here tonight. We're talking a lot at Living Stones about about the uh, hope that comes from following Christ, and how many of you know that hope is rooted in the fact that God is a God who keeps his word? What are we celebrating tomorrow? We're celebrating the fact that about 700 years ago, The prophet Isaiah, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said this in uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you're going to call his name Emmanuel. This verse is pregnant with all kinds of hope. First of all, a virgin is going to give birth. How many of you know the Christian faith that we uh, follow is rooted not in... uh, and fairy tales, it's rooted in stuff that's better than fairy tales. It's rooted in the supernatural story of this amazing God who caused a virgin to conceive and to bring forth God Almighty. How many of you know that is an amazing story that no human being could conceive? It's supernatural. It tells us that even now in this season, nothing is impossible for God. Notice too, he's going to bear a son. This man, Jesus Christ, is going to come and identify completely with our humanity. Some of you need to hear this tonight. You're in a really painful season of your life. And the devil likes to lie to us and tell us that God doesn't care, that Jesus doesn't care, that he's distant. I just want to tell you, Christmas reminds us that God got right down in the middle of our mess, right in the middle of our pain, right in the middle of our circumstances, and he's close to us. How many of you know they waited 700 years for the Messiah to be born, but Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, and guess what? We're not waiting anymore. We have the Holy Spirit. He's as near as our breath away. He's as near as your heartbeat tonight. That's how close he wants to be to you tonight. So a son is going to be born, but we're going to call him Emmanuel because God Almighty is coming to live in our neighborhood. What an amazing 
amazing holiday that we celebrate. A couple chapters later in Isaiah, we come to another amazing passage. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government is going to be on this child's shoulders. How many of you know the baby in the manger is also a mighty king? He is a conquering king. He's coming back. And he, all the nations of the world will bow before him. This is the little baby in the manger that we remember. This is who he's coming back and how he's coming back. His name is going to be called the Wonderful Counselor and the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. And I love this caveat at the end of this amazing promise in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. Listen to this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts is going to perform this. What God is basically saying is, my word will be performed because I back it with my own zealous passion, all right? I am moving throughout history to reveal my son and to redeem a people for myself. The zeal of the Lord is going to perform it. I want you to see all these promises 700 years earlier. You get to Matthew's gospel, and I want you to look with me in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 22. It says, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her, listen to this, was conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is the virgin birth that Isaiah prophesied. And she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And I want you to look at verse 22. This is so important. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. What I want to drive home in your hearts today is we're celebrating the fact that God is faithful. God is true. God keeps his word. Whatever God tells you in the scriptures, it's as good as gold. Whatever promises some of you are holding on to, God can be trusted. He is faithful and true. The very things he prophesied to this prophet Isaiah 700 years before were seeing fulfilled in Matthew's lifetime. Promises made, promises kept. Can anybody say amen to that? And this child Jesus is going to save the people from their sins. I want to ask you this question. Have you ever stopped to question why Jesus didn't come to earth as like a superhero figure, fully grown, he just shows up all of a sudden on the scene? Why is it that God sent his son as a child who went through the normal processes of birth and development that you and I go through. Have you ever thought about that? I was thinking about that recently as I was reading God's Word. I also have this question in mind. What does the fact that Jesus was a child teach us about the pathway to eternal life? You know, this is very, very important. It would be terrible to go through your life celebrating Christmas after Christmas and one day die and go to hell. I mean, can you all agree with me? That would be a terrible thing. And yet, here's the point. The whole point of everything we're celebrating is to remind us we have a problem. It's called sin. We have a solution. His name is Jesus. He's coming to lead us to the Father. He's coming to pave a way back. He's coming to blaze the trail for us. And listen to me. Show us how to get the greatest gift possible. You know, some of you are with loved ones here tonight. Some of you have had loved ones this year that have passed away and that have gone on. How I many of you know the greatest gift you can get this Christmas season is to become passionately surrendered and in love with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when your time comes, you're going to spend eternity with Him. And how many of you would like to bring your family along with you? How many of you would like to celebrate with all this family reunion forever and ever? A, a tragedy. Hear me, saints. The tragedy would be to miss the whole point of this holiday season. So Jesus is coming as a child. 
That's intentional. And he's coming as a child to make a pathway for us. And I want to highlight this tonight because it's so important. I was reading in Matthew chapter 18, just going through my normal reading of the Bible. And the Lord really spoke to me in a, in a powerful way this year about something I'd never seen before. Have you all ever had that happen when you're reading the Bible and all of a sudden, aha, something speaks to you in a different way? Well, I had one of those moments this year. And when it happened, I said, man, I got to share that with folks uh, for our Christmas Eve service. Matthew chapter 18. How many know the disciples are great at asking the wrong questions at the wrong time? Here they are again, putting their feet in their mouth. They come to Jesus and they ask this question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And then Jesus calls a little child up to them and set him in the midst of them. And said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, how many of you know heaven is not about hierarchy? None of us are going to be in heaven because we're special. This holiday season isn't about how special we are. How many know it's about how special he is? The only people in heaven are people that are all on common ground. We're all sinners who have been redeemed by the mercy and the grace of God. Amen? So here's the disciples arguing about, like, who's going to be right next to Jesus on the hierarchy, on the totem pole. And you can imagine how ridiculous that is, standing in the presence of God Almighty, who who come and sent his son to die for your sins, and you're arguing about who's great. What What a ridiculous thing. So Jesus says, hey, Emerson, where are you at? Emerson, come up here. Come on, give it up for Emerson. All right. Good job. It's it's working the crowd right now, making sure you guys are connecting. All right, good. Jesus, God, God Almighty, who came as a baby, came as a child, says, hey, you guys want to figure out how to get to heaven? Calls up a little kid like Emerson and says, you know what? Unless you're converted... Unless you start taking on a childlike approach to me and how you relate to to your Father in heaven, he says, you're never even going to understand, enter, experience, taste eternal life. It's pretty profound, isn't it? It brings up a little child. Now, in a few, uh, one chapter later, uh, you can show that on the screen. One chapter later, this is what we run into. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them, but the disciples scolded them for bothering Jesus. Can I just tell you something? God is a humble God. Have you ever thought how probably the most important person, not probably, the most important important person who ever walked on planet Earth had time in his busy schedule to lay hands on little kids and bless them? Isn't Jesus beautiful? Isn't God beautiful? He cares about kids. He cares about little people. He cares about humble people. And God wasn't too busy. The disciples thought God would be too busy. But Jesus had to tell them time and time again, stop it. Bring all these little kids up here because little kids are precious to me. In fact, if you'll watch the way little kids operate, you'll begin to understand what's important in my value system. You know, some of us here tonight, you're facing like serious situations in your life. And sometimes we deal with Family relational stuff that's painful, it's broken, it's hurting. Uh, And can I just suggest to you that what it's rooted in many times is our pride and our stubborn refusal to recognize that Jesus owns our life, 
that Jesus is Lord of our life, and that you'll never experience eternal life until you humble yourself, and instead of acting like a big shot, you act like a little shot. You act like a little kid. And you come to the Lord, and you just say, Jesus, I need you to change my life. Some of you are really smart. Some of you know lots of religious stuff. Some of you have committed scripture verses to, to memory. But how many of you have figured out God's not impressed with all that stuff? What he's impressed with is one thing. He's impressed with humility. He's impressed with people who recognize they can't save themselves. He's impressed with people who are impressed with him and not impressed with themselves. And so Jesus calls little Emerson up and says, hey, look at these people, these little people, these little trusting people, these little humble people. You know, little kids, they're not sophisticated enough to filter their language. It just comes out. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are religiously sophisticated, and you hide the messes going on in your life behind a cloak of religion. And what the Lord's saying is, you're so close to the kingdom, but you'll never experience me unless you're converted. What does that mean? It means you have a radical about face. It means you, you have a heart change that changes your very nature. And can I just say this? How many people are celebrating Christmas this season? They're all the entrapments of the holiday. But listen to me. Here's my question to you. Have you ever had a supernatural encounter with Jesus that changed your life forever? And do people around you recognize you're not the same person that you used to be. I can see the difference in you. Because listen, because you've been converted inside out, upside down. You're not the same person. It's no longer about you anymore. It's about Jesus. So Jesus loves these little guys. He blesses these little guys. He encourages these little guys. And, and listen, this is what I, some of you need to hear. You might be in a big person's body. Some people say stuff like this, I wish I could go back and do it over again. Well, you know how you get to do that? You become like a little child. I mean, you know, Emerson, your whole life's ahead of you, buddy. It's pretty awesome. And you have Jesus in your heart, right? We didn't practice this, by the way. We just got, this is all. Uh, you got Jesus in your heart. And what, and what I love is your heavenly father sees you maturing and developing and becoming a full-grown, awesome man of God. Isn't that awesome? And you know what he wants you to do? Jesus wants you just to love him just like you love your daddy. Uh, do you trust, you trust your dad? You hug your dad? You play with your dad? You like being with your dad? Good answer. All right. Um, and you know what? Do that to your heavenly father. And he sees you as a young boy. He sees you all the way through your life and all the things that he's going to do for you both now and in the next life. It's going to be awesome. So keep, keep being childlike and keep loving Jesus with a pure heart, all right? Love you. All right, give him a hand. Good job. Amen. You did so good, I might have to borrow you for the next, for the next one, all right? How many of you know our Savior? Here's the answer to the question I posed. This is what hit me so hard. Why did Jesus come as a little child? You need to hear this. Because Jesus will never ask you to do anything that he himself won't do and lead the, to lead the way. You know why Jesus came as a little child? So we could literally watch the pathway of how we enter the kingdom for ourselves. How I many you know when we worship Jesus, we worship an incredibly humble God, a humble Savior? 
Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave. And he was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. How you know Jesus leads the way by humbling himself to become like a child. And we've rehearsed these things before, but they're good for us to remember. The eternal one actually steps into time. Talk about humility. The creator becomes part of the created. The omnipresent God, the God who fills the universe, becomes a tiny embryo. The Lord of glory, heaven's celebrated king, is born in the filth and stench of a stable. The omnipotent one, the all-powerful one, comes to us as a fragile baby. The one who sustains the universe must himself be sustained by the care of a young mother. The light of the world, which we just highlighted, the light of the world spends nine months in darkness and isolation in his mother's womb. The king of glory makes his royal entrance through a narrow birth canal just like the rest of us. The bread of life actually allows himself to be hungry. The one who never sleeps or slumbers actually allows himself to get tired. And ultimately, the author of life, Jesus, our Savior, willingly gives his life on that cross for us. How many of you know Jesus is the one who was the most high, and yet he became the most low? And in doing so, he shows us the path of what humility looks like, and he shows us how to get to the Father. And you all know the story. The Bible goes on in Philippians 2 and says, because of Christ's unbelievable humility, God elevates him to a place of highest honor, and he gives him the name that's above all names. And you all need to hear this, and we need to celebrate this together because that little baby in the manger is coming back. And the Bible says that every knee is going to bow before Jesus in the heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Jesus said this, for those who exalt themselves, you're going to be humbled. But for those who humble themselves, you're going to be exalted. Can I share something with you tonight? Some of you are a heart click away from encountering Jesus in a way that's going to change your life forever. Some of you have been trying to do it yourself, and the Bible calls that pride. And here's the promise to those who try to do it themselves. You're going to be humbled. Anybody ever eat some humble pie besides me? Uh, try to do it your way, right? You're going to figure it all out. You're, you're going to handle it. You, you don't need the Lord. Uh, you're you're going to handle it. Well, the, here's the Bible's promise to you. You're going to fall flat on your face, and you know what? It's going to hurt. Jesus said in another place, you know, if you submit and you humble yourself before him, he'll exalt you. If you resist, it's like the stone that the builders rejected will crush you. There are some of you right now, life is crushing you. Some of you are this far away from losing everything. Life is crushing you. Others of you have lost loved ones and life is crushing you because of the pain of what you're going through this season. Here's my hope for you. If you'll humble yourself and come in childlike dependence and submission to Jesus, here's the promise. He exalts you. And this is the hope that we have. And some of you need to hear this. God wants to take you and exalt you uh, with Christ to a position of blessing, to a position of breakthrough, to newness, to freedom like you've never experienced before.
God wants to restore marriages. God wants to heal families. God wants to heal hearts that have been wounded and broken. And Jesus modeled the way for us, coming as a child to show us how to get to the Father. I just got to say this loudly and clearly. If you refuse to come as a child, you'll never experience the eternal life that God has for you. This is the, this is the serious side of Christmas. This is beyond the babe and the manger. This gets to the cross. This gets to the resurrection. This gets to Jesus coming back. How many of you know if you refuse to humble yourself, you'll not see the kingdom of God? Can I just share this? Some of you tonight are struggling with all kinds of stuff in your life, areas of bondage in your life, areas of addiction, areas of pain. Guess what, guess what could happen right here tonight because the exalted one is in our midst. God can deliver you. This can be a Christmas that you'll never forget. This isn't about getting a robe or a brand new sweater. This is about getting freedom. Woo! This is about getting hope. This is about you beginning to launch yourself by the grace of God into a whole new destiny that God has for you. But you gotta become a little child. Sometimes what that means is your, your willingness to say, I need help. I need help. Would you pray for me? I need help. So I want our ministry team to come up here across the front. And what we're going to do as I close out this service, uh, come on up, everybody, right now. Don't be shy. What I want to do as we close out this service is I just want to open these altars to you. And uh, if we can love you and encourage you and stand with you and pray with you about anything, that's why we're here. All right, everybody, look at me. We really love you, and we're excited about you, and we're so glad you're here tonight. And you know what? We're, we're, we're committed to your success tonight in the kingdom of God. And we believe Jesus loves you like crazy. That's why we celebrate Christmas. We remember, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus. So we want to love you. We want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. Why don't you stand to your feet with me? Grab a hold of that candle. You can take it on the way out. But if you're coming up for ministry, leave that ridiculous candle and get up here. We want to pray with you, all right? Forget the candle. Just hustle down here. How many of you say, uh, you'll make a promise with me, you're not going to leave if you got issues in your life. Uh, you'll humble yourself and you'll get some ministry. You're not going to leave. All right, I'm challenging you. Don't you dare sneak out of here like a religious person if you need ministry tonight. Father, thank you for Jesus. And thank you for the way he modeled for us how to get to you. Lord, I ask you tonight to touch people all over this room tonight. Lord, this is a great season of celebration. It's a great season of rejoicing and family and friends, but it's also the promise of great transformation because of who Jesus is and what he did. So Lord, I ask you tonight, touch people and heal people and restore people. And Lord, save people even tonight. They maybe don't know you and they're far from you. The love of Jesus is reaching out to you tonight. Don't resist his loving affection, all right? Don't resist his loving affection. So right now, if you need ministry, come on down. Otherwise, the rest of our family, bless you guys. Have an amazing, amazing Christmas tonight. We love you. Everyone's dismissed. Hallelujah.